16. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on this Labor Day weekend. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors. It is a joy and a privilege to have you in worship this morning. If you are online, hello, welcome to you. We are blessed to have you with us as well. Once a month, we'd like to say, uh, make, a, make a special note to say hi to our online folk. We got people coast to coast, north and south. Uh, can, can you all do me a favor? Can you just wave at the folk who are online? You are part of our warm heart family, and we, we, we just, just, just love having you with us here today. Sign in. Let us know you're here. Every pew, every row has a uh, red attendance pad. Sign in. Tell us that you're here, and that way you could also greet those around you by name when you sneak in, and you can take a look at their name as, uh, as it goes on by. Uh, let's see what else we got. All the staff, they're, they're, they're gone. <laughs> uh, I'm looking around. I don't even see Angela. I think she was in town, but now she's, don't even see her. Jacob and I, we are, we are holding court. Everyone is at family camp. So if you're looking for Pastor Jen, she ain't here. If you're looking for Lisa, she ain't here. If you're looking for her, just go down the staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, We'll, we'll do our best with, with what we got today. Uh, how, how are my football fans today? Uh, you're wearing a Washington shirt. Who? You're Washington. Looking for Carol, who's at Oklahoma. Oklahoma did good. Uh, Vin, let, me, let me ask Don. Don, how are you feeling today? Come on up, since you're our worship leader. Uh, kind of mixed. I have some, you know, some, some of my teams won, some did not. So, you know, it's good and bad. Okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. You ready for me to do the announcement? Go for it. Okay. Next week is uh, the kickoff picnic at 1230 across the way in the park. It might be the last time for that park as uh, more and more developments take place in downtown Meridian. We'll provide the chicken, you provide the rest. But you need to let us know how much chicken to get, so you need an RSVP with the office. It's that time of year where several classes are starting, and this is uh, the time that the, I want to mention a couple today. Five Marks of a Methodist and Financial Peace University are just two of them. You can check out the website for more offerings about how to begin. Today is Communion Sunday, so if you're watching online, have your uh, communion elements ready for a blessing later on in the service. There is no Sunday school today. So kids are welcome to stay with their parents during church. There are activity bags that the ushers should have handed you, but if you didn't get one when our meet and greet time, you can pick one there right outside the door there. Or see, see Larry, and he'll get you one. Raise your hand, Larry. There you go. See Larry. Um, and just uh, uh, we want to say a special prayer for those adults and children who are at family camp this week. So may they go, grow closer to each other and to God over those over those waning days of summer. 21 days ago, I stood here and talked about our finances, and I gave you an update about the challenge and how much we had received when two of our members came forth and said they would match anything up to a total of 5,000. Well, I'm happy to report that the the total for the challenge, $28,710, which is absolutely awesome. The figures are not in for August financials, but I do know that we had gifts of over $56,000, which should cover our expenses or get close to it. Uh, This is a great time of year, Labor Day weekend, 
where we honor those people who work in this country. It's the last to rob summer. School will be back in session. The leaguers will soon change their colors. And our loyalties to our football teams will still be there. <laughs> One thing I like about this church is everybody has a favorite team, and you can talk about it before church, after church, at the Family Life Center during fellowship hours. Nobody gets upset or frustrated, I don't think. <laughs> I haven't seen any fisticuffs thrown. But, uh, you know, it's nice, and, uh, and I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but uh, in a land far, far away and a long, long time ago, I was a sportscaster. That's why I like sports. Every Friday night, I was in a press box announcing the high school games wherever I lived and told everybody what was going on. The rest of the week, I had a sports talk show, and I, people would call in, and I, I could give updates, and I could give scores and make comments about injuries and so forth. And today, I was very confident that I was going to be able to stand up here and talk about what a great, great victory the Boise State Broncos had yesterday. <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot do that. Just as uh, I can't celebrate Idaho State, Baylor, South Florida, and other schools that uh, I see people wearing jerseys or jackets around here. Can't do that. Nebraska continues to find ways to lose in the last seconds. <laughs> but I can say, I can say that there are some people in this audience that are probably very happy today. The Idaho Vandals won. <laughs> surprise, surprise. My alma mater and my wife's alma mater, Texas A&M and Fresno, both won, so it was a happy day for us yesterday. Wazoo won, Washington State. Oregon embarrassed Portland State, and they should be ashamed of themselves, 81-7. to BYU won, and our pastor's newest favorite school, the College of Idaho, they won, and they're now 2-0 and undefeated and probably will be ranked in the NIA. And the three newest members of the Atlantic Coast Conference on the, on the, you know, the Atlantic side of the United States, on the East Coast, Stanford, California, and SMU, who will join next year, they all won. I don't know what's going on, but somehow the Atlantic Coast Conference should not have Stanford and California. I, that's, that's just my opinion. So, to the victors, we say congratulations. To those of us who are grieving some losses, you know, we'll wait till next week. It'll still be here. So, we will all suffer through the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat, but life will go on just as this church will go on and continue to do the Lord's work. Thank you, Don. No matter who you root for, let's greet those around us in Christian love and remain standing for the opening hymns.
affirm our faith. Today it's the Nicene Creed, which most of us probably know. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. Unless you are a kiddo like fifth grade and down, and I think we got one here today. Everyone else is at family camp. I got a couple more in the back. I see you guys. Thank you so much. Come on down. Couldn't see him in the back. Love it. all doing? Doing well? Good day? Are you sad there's no school tomorrow? No, you're good with that? Yeah, we got some teachers out here I know that are pretty good with that as well. (laughs) Happy Labor Day weekend. Today in Big People Church, we are going to be talking about promises. Promises that we keep. Trying to figure out a good way to do it in the Ten Commandments series. We're talking about adultery today. So how do you how do you do that with children's time? So we're going to talk about promises. One of the one of the re- themes that you read in the Bible over and over and over again is the faithfulness of God. God is always there. He has made a promise to be there with us all the time. Do you ever make promises? Sometimes. I used to make promises all the time. Sometimes I, sometimes I honored them, sometimes, sometimes not so much, or something else came up, but I did my best. And I always, I always had to ask forgiveness for, uh, when it didn't quite happen. But uh, for, for those of us out here who are married, we made some promises a long time ago. Uh, for some of us a long time ago. Some of you are recently married. I got four weddings this weekend. Some people are, yeah, four weddings and two funerals. I need a movie. That's, that's what I need. I need a movie deal. Yeah. Uh, but when people get married, they stand up here and they make promises. Usually hand in hand, they're like this, they're like this. And I ask them to repeat some words. And I say, let's say... Um, 
Give me, give me, give me, give me a name of a guy. Just give me a name. Can you think of a name? Bob. Bob. And uh, give me, give me the name of, of, of the said spouse of Bob. Say again. Sally. Sally. Bob and Sally. And I say, Bob and Sally. And I asked them, are you sure you want to be here? And I usually say yes. <laughs> Actually, that's how I say it. I said, are you sure you really, really want to do this? And it helped lighten the mood a little. And, uh, but then they hold hands. And I let, let's say Bob goes first. And I say, repeat after me. I, Bob, take you, Sally, to be my wife. <sighs> to have and to hold. From this day forward. For better and for worse. Have you ever lived through those better days? Have you ever lived through those worse days? Yeah. For richer and for poor. Have you ever lived through those richer days? No. No? <laughs> Have you ever lived through those poor days? Yeah. Yeah, they could take the house. They could take, they, they could take the car. But you and me were sticking around. Yeah. To have to hold this day forward, better for worse. In sickness and in health. Have you ever lived through those health days? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever lived through those sick days? Yes. Yeah. To love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. And then Sally gets to do the same thing and she makes promises. That's what makes the service holy and sacred. That's why it's so important are, are the vows that we make, the promises that we keep. And they promise you, should you keep them, they promise you a life of blessing a life of memory, a life of faithfulness, and a life worth living. That's, how, that's what we do at the end of the wedding, after the kiss, yeah. And if we keep those promises, they promise us a life of joy, as long as we both shall live. I think I did this a while back, but I'm going to try it again. Can you all stand up for me? Can you stand up? And we're going to take a look at the people out here for a second. We're going to look at them. They look at you. We're going to look at them for a minute. Who's been married now or have been before for five years or more? Keep your hands up. Ten years or more. Fifteen years or more. Twenty years or more. Twenty-five years or more. Thirty years or more. That's a long time. These are some old people. (laughs) Thirty-five years or more. 40 years. Who's been married 45 years? Who's passed the 50 years? 55. 60. 61. 62. 63. 64. 65. 66. 67, 68, 69, 70. Do I get 71? 70, 71 years. Congratulations to those guys. Is it worth it? Yeah, all right. It's been here this long. Uh, at my last church, I had a couple that was married for 75 years. And I asked, what's the secret? And he looked at me and said, stay alive. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. We can do that. Well, you got many more years to, to live before you have to worry about any of this. But it's the promises that God has given us that promise us a good life. Should we listen to him? 
Can you pray with me today? Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for the folk in this room, for the promises shared and the promises kept, and for your love, that your promise that you will be with us all the days of our life. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down. There's no Sunday school today. All the teachers are at family camp. (laughs) Good to have you. for you.
Thank you, worship team, for putting that together and for all of you who participated. We started that back in COVID when we really couldn't be together. And uh, some people said, we just really like doing that. So we're going to keep doing that a couple times a year. As we come to our prayer time here in this worship, what are the prayers of our church family today? You can share them out loud. You can share them within your heart. You can share them to your neighbor. But what are we praying for? Lord of summer sunshine and autumn harvest and sweet fall rain, be with us this day as we gather to encounter your word and your way for us. Remind us that we can place our trust in your eternal love for you indeed are faithful. Enable us to be more effective in our, in our witness to that love by word and deed. And guide our steps and pick us up when we falter. Dust us off and and place us back on the pathways of grace and peace. Remind us that we are called to be strong voices of hope for those who feel lost. To be a home to strangers. To quench thirst and give nourishment. To welcome and bring words of hope. Lord, bless all those that we have named before you with our voice, with our hearts. Touch each life with the blessings and peace and mercy. Give us strength and empower us for the ministries that you have called us to. Lord of mercy and compassion, bless these people gathered here today that they may be a blessing and a gift to our community, to our nation, to our world. It is in your son's name that we gather, that we sing, that we pray, that we serve as we join our voices into one prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who Our scripture lesson today comes from both the Old and New Testaments. First verse I'll read comes from Exodus 20:14. You shall not commit adultery. Matthew 5:27 through 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. 
And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to go to hell. In Hebrews 13, 4, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Thank you, Tom. So what do you do with that? Well, here we are. We're continuing our look at the Ten Commandments. I knew this one was coming. I knew it was in there somewhere. We've explored six of them so far, so we've got four more to go. Of all the commands, this is the one that when I told other pastors what I was going to be preaching on this season, they said, all of them? Yeah. You can't just ignore it, right? How are you going to talk about sexual ethics in this day and age? This is one sermon my wife told me I better not have personal illustrations to bring home the point. I asked a college kid one, or a kid, a kid, a college kid asked me, Pastor Mike, why is God so concerned about intimacy? Why is he so worried about what we can do and can't do when it comes to the bedroom? And my response was, was Ben, Ben, how often do you think about it? He goes, every other minute. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, he cared, God cares about it because you care about it. And he wants the best for us. He's the one who made intimacy in the first place. The very first command, the first command that God ever gave human beings. Go forth and... He told us, go forth and multiply. So this morning we're going to take a quick look at the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And if there's younger ears in here, this sermon's going to be fine. Okay, But let me say it like this as well. Too many have been hurt by being cheated on. And I pray that this homily will not reopen that wound too much. This will be a sermon on grace. If you are on the other side and committed the adultery and have since come to terms and forgiveness and reconciliation and all that and wish to move on, I pray that this homily doesn't sound so fire and brimstone. This will be filled with Grace. I know some of the subjects in the Ten Commandments can become very, very personal. So we're going to start off a little lighthearted. One of the customs that has trickled down through the centuries has been the use of wedding bands. Wedding bands, right? Just for fun, I looked up to see when this tradition began, because I find it interesting how we mark ourselves as married. If you're religious or not religious, chances are you wear a band. If you are Catholic or Protestant, chances are you wear a band. If you're an atheist or a believer, chances are you wear a band. It's just something that we do. We gentlemen at a young age have been trained, look for a ring before you ask anybody out. <laughs> That's what we do. Like, they are off limits. There's a ring. There's no scripture that says you have to wear a ring. There's no law that says you have to ring. And we put it in the wedding service because you all want it in the wedding service. And which hand? Left hand? 
Ring finger. We even, we even just call it the ring finger, don't we? That's right. The Bible actually says don't wear gold, so I'm actually breaking one of the commandments right now. Turns out the tradition began thousands of years ago. They could take it back to the Egyptians who would use reeds, and they would, they would, they would wind them up, and they would put it on, on what we call the ring finger because they thought that there was a vein that went from this finger all the way to the heart. Like, oh, that's sweet. Or it was the most useless finger on her hand, and so we got to do something with it. It's true, right? Yeah. At that time, only women wore the rings. Guys, you didn't have to wear a wedding band. And as centuries progressed, as metal smithing became more affordable for everyone, metal rings became the fashion. And it wasn't until a couple of hundred years ago, about the 1800s, that men started wearing the rings. It was a sign of possession that you belonged to someone. Maybe not literally, but literally. Uh, And then later, you know, in in the last 150 years, men started saying, you know what, maybe we should also say that we're marked as well. A ring signified that you belonged to someone else. Over the years, it was getting ridiculous to the ornamentation of these things. When the Puritans came over, uh, the, uh, the Thanksgiving Puritans, those guys, 1620, when they got to uh, Massachusetts, one of their rules in the, in the, in the compact, no jewelry, <laughs> can't wear it, uh, because we become more you know, uh, attuned to the things of earth and not of heaven. Uh, thank God we've got over that, and now, now we could wear rings. But we still ooh and ah at the diamond, and we judge each other on the size and the clarity and all that. But, but underneath it all, the whole idea is that this is an outward and visible sign of the love within their heart, signifying to all the uniting of, of, of this person and this person together. Holy marriage. By these rings, we tell the world that this is the one for me, and I will not sleep with anyone else. So it is adultery. Believe it or not, there's a little confusion about it. In short, adultery is extramarital kissy kissy. I got little kids. They're not little anymore, but when they were little, we used to say kissy kissy. Uh, just, just, I got one in college, and we still call it kissy kissy. They're like, Dad, we know what it is. And, dude, I'm going to be 70, and I'm still going to be saying kissy kissy because I. I don't, I don't want to freak you guys out. Like, Dad, we know. We know already. But it's when married people sleep with someone who's not their lawfully wedded spouse. Two single people who come together and, and kissy-kissy? Not adultery. It's called fornication, something different. But it's not adultery. <laughs> adultery is only for those who have committed to each other, and they break that promise. This command made the top 10 list. Single people can't break this command. Why does God care about what happens in the marriage? Why does God tell us that the wedding bed must not be defiled? As I thought about this, I'm reminded by what a marriage represents. In the wedding service, in the wedding, the whole service is fluff, okay? 
It's nice, it's wonderful, it's symbolic, but you can take out every single element of the wedding ceremony. You don't have to have scripture. You don't have to have prayer. You don't have to have dad walking down. You don't have to have rings. You don't have to have the blessing at the end. You don't even have to have the kiss. But there's one thing that's got to be there. And if you had to guess, that would be the vows. Somewhere in there, there's got to be a promise. A promise. Everything else is decoration around that. To love and to cherish for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. When I, when I, I think I told you this, but uh, when, I, when, the, when the couple comes in for our first meeting, uh, I, I treat it seriously, but I do ask the question, why? Why get married? You, some of you have been together 12 years already. What's the big deal? Why get the state involved? Uh, do you know, just live, to get, just live together. Society doesn't have a big hang-up like it used to. I, I know you're not as old as me, but in my, back in my day... It was a big deal. I remember when you couldn't get hotel rooms if you weren't married. Nowadays, it, it, it's a free-for-all, isn't it? So why get married? I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek here, but I want to hear it from them. And they get around to answers like, because we love each other. We're supposed to. Her dad keeps asking me. <laughs> But eventually we get around to something like, I want to make a commitment. I want to take that step forward and say, this is who we are. Before God, before our friends and family, treat us like one. Treat us like we're together. For the longest time, uh, my, my brother-in-law uh, had a girlfriend, like 15 years. And my kids are like, do we call her aunt? Like, not yet. Not yet. They're not married yet. Like, and, and, and one day they asked, why don't you call her aunt? I'm like, you're not married. Get married. It's all the same to me what you do, but you don't get, you don't get the benefits without making the commitment. The marriage vows, they don't say much about love. Matter of fact, there's not the word love in the marriage vows at all. But there is talk of trust, fidelity, forgiveness, uh, Faithfulness. The backbone of a marriage is not love, but it's the promise of faithfulness. And do you know what shatters faithfulness? Is an affair. Adultery destroys trust. It destroys loyalty. It destroys faithfulness. It could destroy a marriage. Marriages can be healed. I believe 100% reconciliation. I believe in forgiveness. But it it is a major blow. In the end, love does no harm. That's, that's the sexual ethic that I, go, that I go with. What causes harm? What helps relationships? What destroys relationships? We think that the church's view of sexuality is outdated, out of touch, not relevant. But let's look at the upsides and the downsides to intimacy in certain scenarios because I remember uh, I did youth ministry for about 15 years God help me uh, it was it was good I loved it um, but I remember a teenager once asked me Pastor Mike why 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 can't I sleep with Susie and it's just for fun I thought well let's play this out what are the upsides 
And he goes, I get to sleep with Susie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good upside. I'll, I'll be honest. Intimacy is awesome. <laughs> what are the downsides for you? And he rattled them off really fast, like he was paying attention at sex head class. What were some of the downsides? Pregnancy. STDs. AIDS. Fear of rejection. Fear of being used. Fear of her dad killing him. (laughs) There's a whole lot of downsides, right? So I asked, how will you respond if one of those downsides take place? Pregnancy. Now, this is not preaching. This is not moral judgments. These are facts. Pregnancy. 30% of young women, 30% of young women, 20 and younger, will become pregnant in the United States. 30%. It's not a moral statement. That's just what, what happens. And it's not just this day and age. It was kind of back then, too. Right? Some will take, uh, terminate the pregnancy, if that's option, an option in their state. Many keep the blammo and uh, baby and blammo. You know, are you, are you okay being a dad? Are you okay with that? Eight out of ten uh, men do not marry the women they get pregnant at this age. Eight out of ten. One-third of all teenage women in the U.S. would become pregnant before the age of 20. How about STDs, I asked. Have you been checked? Has she been checked? One in five people, again, facts, I checked them this morning uh, just to make sure I'm telling the truth. One in five people in the U.S., 25 and under, uh, teenager, sexually active age, uh, one, one-fifth currently, currently has an S. I lied. I'm going to take that back. Can I take that back? All right, I'm going to take that back. One of five people in the U.S. of any age currently has an STD. CDC. One in five. Two-thirds of them are in people less than 25 years of age. In other words, according to, according to the CDC, half of young people sexually active have an STD right now. Flip a coin. Are you good with that? Those are your odds. I asked him, how long you been dating? He goes, two months. I said, can you wait a year? He goes, I don't think we'll be together in a year. <laughs> then don't do this. If you sleep with her, you shouldn't enjoy it because you should be so worried about all these downsides. You should be worried. Now, I had a teenage brain once a time, and my my brain was defunct. Uh, I always thought of the upsides, not so much the downsides. Now, when someone who's married, who's made these commitments, when they they have intimacy, what are the upsides? The intimacy. Right? The togetherness, the building of a relationship. What are the downsides? Not so much, right? Uh, zero chance, assuming you've all been faithful, of, 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 of the STDs. You, you might have the same chance of pregnancy. And, and, and even if it happens, great. You know, it's not a catastrophe. It could be a blessing. Many of the oops are still loved. <laughs> right. Wait till I finish the statement. Raise your hand if you were an oops... You know of someone who's been an oops. You got a sibling who's an oops. Or you had an oops. Yeah. Oops happen all the time. Very few kids are planned. Most of us are surprises. And good ones at that. 
Most married people, most married people have no fear of rejection, nothing to worry about. We get all the upsides, hardly any of the downsides. God is pretty smart. Intimacy for a committed relationship is wonderful. It's not a curse. And if you're worried about the downsides, you're not supposed to do it. The more committed and loving the relationship, the more intimacy becomes a blessing. And in our society today, how do we mark what a committed, loving relationship is? In our culture, by standing up and holding hands and making some promises. It's not that God is a cosmic killjoy. He just doesn't want us to get hurt. God's laws are are not meant to control us, but to protect us, oftentimes from ourselves. So this sermon's title is Hands Off, Part 1. Truth be told, when I was, I I, I do the hymns uh, for this service, and I I go through the list of hymns that I do, and a lot of times I don't match up the, the hymns are there before I know what the sermons are, if that makes sense. And the hymn that I had scheduled for today was He Touched Me. <laughs> we had to change that one. We had to change that one. We had to change that one. Hands off, adultery. Another one, hands off, uh, no stealing. Uh, part three will be, you know, don't covet. Keep your promises. That's, that's the message today. And should you keep your promise, you will have blessing, you will have a life of memory, You will have a life worth living and a life of faithfulness as long as we both shall live. And the family of God said, Amen. Jesus was having a meal, the Passover meal, with his disciples. A meal that commemorates that God does keep his promises. That the people will be freed out of slavery. Jesus took the bread. Gave thanks. And he broke it. And he said, take and eat, all of you. This is my body shed for you. And after the meal, he took the cup. And poured out the fruit of the vine, and he said, Take and drink, all of you. This is my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins, do this in my name. In the Methodist church, we don't have rules about who can or cannot take communion. This is an open table. It is welcome to all who wish to come forward. Uh, we will come down the, the middle aisles. Uh, we'll take, take a piece of bread. You'll take a, one of our plastic cups. You'll partake, and in the corners here, you'll find a place to discard the plastic items. If you cannot come forward, someone will be walking around with, with uh, elements uh, so to, to reach you as well. I invite those who are helping to please come forward.
As we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the giving of this church. You make the ministries and the love and the care that this congregation does. It, you make it happen. Thank you. Uh, just, just to keep you in the know, uh, just under two weeks ago, Cassie Collins, our Christian ed person, our children's minister, uh, put in her two weeks notice. Can I hear a gasp? Yeah. She's at family camp right now. Uh, but we also had the joy of someone applying like right, right away, uh, uh, who is involved in the, in the children's ministry here. Uh, uh, Malia Paz. We'll kind of give her an introduction next week. But just in case you hear that someone's leaving, just know that someone is coming. Someone with three little kids. Her husband's in law enforcement. They've been active in this church for quite some time. So that is a joy for us. But I just wanted to keep... The success that Cassie has had in rebuilding our program, we know that Malia will, will uh, take to, to, to the next level as well. But uh, you'll see them next week. Uh, we, but I just wanted to share that in case you heard somewhere through the grapevine that a change was coming. Let us receive the offertory. stand for our doxology and prayer.
please share in our prayer. God of life, Savior of the poor, receive with our gifts gratitude for your goodness, penitence for our pride, and dedication to your service in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And again, this is one of those hymns that I I would uh, second-guess myself putting it on this service, but uh, leaning on the everlasting arms. Let's sing verses 1, 2, 3. September birthdays do we have out there? September birthdays. We have a table ready for you at coffee hour. Uh, we hope that you all join us for that. Uh, it's birthday Sunday, but uh, the snacks and the coffee are ready for us right now. But let me, let me just give one, one last swing at a story to try to end us on a high, on a high note. Uh, I don't think I told this story about a year ago, but I'll try it again. About, about five, six years ago, many years ago, uh, I went to the hospital to visit a 90-year-old gal. She was dehydrated. She just needed some strength, some IVs. But I went in to go say hi, and we had a nice chat. We had a prayer at the end. Da, 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 amen. And on my way out, I wrote on her board, Exodus 14, 14. And all it said was, the Lord will fight for you. You just need to be still. Totally taken out of context, but a nice verse for, for something like that. Two days later, she's still there. I go back. We have a nice visit. We chat. We pray. Yada, yada, yada. Amen. And she holds onto my hand. Won't let me take it out. She said, Pastor, why did you put that on the board? 
It's still up there, Exodus 14, 14. And in my head, I'm like, it's obvious. In my head, like, well, tell me what you mean. And she said, well, when you left, me and the nurse looked it up. God bless the Gideons. They put Bibles everywhere. There's a Bible in there. And they looked up the wrong verse. They looked up Exodus 20, 14, which, as you now know, says, thou shall not commit adultery. <laughs> we had a laugh. And on the way out, the nurse told me, that cheered her up more than anything, thinking her pastor was worried <laughs> that she was going to break this while she's in here. <laughs> May you find joy in the world today. May you find peace in your families today. May you find hope in your heart today. Go in peace.